Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Multifamily Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wolber, and today I was lucky to sit down with the Gary Gregory. You might know Gary as a multifamily executive. I'm really fortunate to now know Gary as a friend and a return guest on this podcast. Today we sat down to dig into Gary's third book. It's called The Super Fantastic Me, and it is all about helping you become the best version of you. I'm about 60 pages into the book, and a few things I'm really liking is it's easy to read, it's very referenceable, and it's big. It's almost like a textbook. It's really fun to go back to, to take notes in, and I've had it on my desk for about two weeks, and I'm finding myself just plucking away at it every single day. It's easy to come back to. In this show, Gary and I talk through the why behind this book and what it means to him to be super fantastic. I highly encourage you to follow Gary on LinkedIn and to check out his website, thegarygregory.com. This is a fun one, and I hope you enjoy. Let's get into it. Gary Gregory, welcome back to Modern Multifamily. Oh, Mike, thanks so much for inviting me back. Honored and humbled that you are uh, inviting me back. You're one of the first people I've had as a boomerang guest on the show, and um, <laughs> I'd love to start with a little bit of, of your story for anyone who's hearing from me for the first time, who you are, uh, what you do, and how you got to the seat that you're in today. Oh, goodness. Well, I've been in the multifamily industry for 20 plus years. I started in student housing and then migrated over to multifamily and have just been in so many different roles throughout my career in the multifamily. So I've I feel you know, blessed to be able to have kind of touched a lot of different things, you know, from community manager, but I've still done make readies. I've cleaned toilets. I've picked up trash. So it, it really doesn't matter, but I've, you know, been in this industry. And so it's been a, it's been an incredible ride to meet so many incredible people. And throughout that, I've had the chance to learn so much from so many different people and meet so many different people along the way. And through all those connections, through those lessons that I've learned, I've been able to write a few books. And I've got currently have three books out. And my most recent one just came out in February, The Super Fantastic Me. And that has been, it's been quite the journey to put that one together and, and finally get that one released. Well, we're going to jump into that book for sure today. And before we do, Gary, uh, I want to ask you a question more about your brand and mm -hmm. uh, doing some research for today. I, I know a lot about you. I've been fortunate to be a guest on your show as well called the Super Fa Fantastic Exchange. Super Fantastic is, is sort of at the core of your brand from the outside <laughs> looking in. And I'd love to hear the why behind Super yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely. So this one kind of evolved over some time and Super Fantastic <clears throat> has it has its own definition for me. So super, what I believe is everybody has a gift, skill, and talent that they have, and that's their super. And I believe when you equip it, then you can create a fantastic, an environment, a circumstance around you. So this word just evolved into something that is bigger than the word itself, meaning you have a gift, skill, and talent. You have that, and the world needs that. And when you equip it, then you can create this fantastic world and experience and circumstance around you through stewarding that gift, that skill, that talent. So super fantastic for me, not only is it simply a, a hyperbole word, 
but it truly has a meaning behind it. And that's, that's where it's evolved to. And it's essentially become my brand. I've, a lot of people have, it, it, I'm honored. I'm humbled that they call me Mr. Super Fantastic. Different people do. I've been called worse, but I truly love that. And I, and I own that now because it really has become my word. And that is something that I've included in this, this new book that, you know, once you identify who you are, then you can own that and you can do a lot of good with that word once you own it. And I go through that in the book. It's one of the components of it where you actually work through and create your word. I love it. It's, it's memorable. <laughs> it's different. It's long. I think there's something yeah. <laughs> about like, you know, I think a lot of people try to make their word like short and punchy. And yeah. I think there's something to be said about your brand revolving around something that's so meaningful, but also <laughs> something that as, as someone who sees your content, I purchased, you know, I've, I've got all three of your books at this point. Uh, it is a nice way to also have it be when I see the word super or fanta- fantastic in the real world, I do think about you. I do. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, and, and I think that's, that's a neat thing that once you identify and I, I'm jumping a little bit into the book, if, if you're okay with that, please let's do it. Yeah. So for me, the word is there's something more to it. And, and you mentioned now when you see the word super, or you see the word fantastic, that creates a a trigger for you to say, Hey, Gary, it just, it creates that branding impression. So in the book, there's a process in which you can actually go through and create your own word. And where that came from is I find a lot of people are given titles. So a lot of us are given titles, including like your, your, your job, you're given a title, whatever that title may be, community manager, regional manager, assistant manager, or so forth. Of course, you work for that title, but that title's given to you. There's also relationship titles, right? So you can be a brother, a sister, a father, a mother, um, you know, husband or wife. These titles are given to you. And then, of course, there's also nicknames, right? Sometimes we're fortunate enough or unfortunate enough to get a nickname for various reasons. But these things are given to us. And so what I wanted to do is like figure out a way instead of receiving a title in some capacity, how can you own a title? And so I did a lot of research on this and there's, there's a big backstory of how it kind of came to this, but the word for me, you know, for me, super fantastic is my word. And I own that. I, I curated that word for me. And it kind of creates an expectation, not only for me, but for other people, when they see me, they're going to be like, hey, you know what? That's that's Mr. Super Fantastic. Or for me, I've decided I'm not just anything. I'm not just this or that. I am super fantastic. And so that creates some accountability for me to know who I am because I've decided who I'm going to be through that word, through that title that I've, I've curated. I love that. Have you heard of like one of the trends right now that I think is somewhat new? Maybe I'm just late to the party. It's called word of the year. Have you heard yes. that? Oh yes, absolutely. So I think that's like one of those things that's boomeranged. It's done in the past and like really came back post pandemic 2023. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants a why this year. Last year <clears throat> I had 44 members of our go to market team out here in Utah I surprised everyone with um, Play-Doh that was uh, clay. 
So it's moldable, but it's going to dry. Mm-hmm. And I pitched everyone on this concept of like word of the year. What's the one pillar you're going to stand on that can yeah. kind of transcend work in your personal life. Mm-hmm. And it was the most like incredible. It was, I mean, some people cried when they shared their word. It was this like really profound exercise to have, have people actually think through what do they want to stand for? What do they want to stand on? How do they want mm-hmm. to be known? Yes. What are they going to say yes to? What are they going to say no to this year? And I think there is something very profound to something as simple as thinking about what is your word. Yeah, absolutely. And and I agree with you. A word is, for me is, is bigger than just because a lot of us will set up, okay, let me do a resolution or let me set a goal for the new year. And that's a, that becomes a very specific thing. Whereas that word becomes more about a, it's, it's, it's who you become for that year. And maybe it's something you become permanently and, and it's a good thing. So I truly believe a word is, is, is so valuable because like, it's, like I mentioned, it, it creates an accountability of who you are going to present yourself as throughout the year or throughout your lifetime, because you curated that word. That's, that's on you. And now other people are going to start recognizing you for that word. And in fact, I was able to take before the book was published, I was able to take this section to another company and present it to them. And these this group of leaders selected their word or their their combination words. And we had them all write it on a, a big flip chart paper, all their words. And I began to look at those words with the group and I and I. I was thinking to myself, who would not want to have a group of leaders that identified themselves, who they are going to be for this year with these incredible, positive words? And I was like, this is the kind of team I want to work with. I want to be a part of and lead because now they're owning who they are. And, you know, and and I do this in a very specific way in the book because the the who is an adjective. It became very simple when I started doing the research, but the who part of this is an adjective. And so if you're describing yourself as super fantastic or any other type of positive adjective and you own that word and you've got a team that owns who they are, man, that is a team that is not going to be beaten. They're going to do amazing things. I could not agree more. Gary, (laughs) Gary, one of the things I'd love to ask you about uh, is this book feels good when you hold it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is much bigger than the past couple books that you um, have written, the super fantastic process and the super Mm -hmm. fantastic principles. I have to assume there was some intention because this book feels like it was built to be used. Yes. So I'd love to hear kind of your read. I'm, we're looking at it behind the screen. I, I know you've got a physical <laughs> copy to your right as well. Um, yeah. Tell me about this, the size, the, the the tangible components of the book. So so for this one, for me, because it is, it's it's a hefty book. It's it's a big book. It's thick and it's it's eight and a half by 11. So it's it's a piece of paper size. But the intent of the book, and it went back and forth in the conversations of designing this book and, you know, what size should it be? And, and there's so many different sizes that you can select from. However, I landed on through an, an intentional decision was I, I want to make this book the size of a piece of paper that we're all very familiar with because I wanted people to work in this book. It's it's truly more than a book. It's a workbook. And as you're going through the book, 
you will determine, you will curate your word, your principles, and your core values. And there's some other surveys, there's some notes. This, this isn't simply a book that you just read and set aside. This is a book that you actually work in. You, you, there's, there's action to it. And to get the most out of it, you've got to work in it. And so I wanted to make it easy and convenient and, and comfortable and familiar with the readers to really engage with the book so that when they complete it, they walk away saying, you know what, I've, I've curated something from this book. I've gone through the guide and I've curated who I'm going to be, why I'm going to be like this, and how I'm going to do things. And that's why this book is, it's, it's hefty and it, it feels good. It's solid, but you can actually comfortably write in this book and really curate who, why, and how you're going to be. I love that. I, in my experience, and I'm a big reader, the the best books are books that you come back to frequently, mm-hmm. often, and when you need to. They're not books that you read and then get rid of. And <laughs> yeah. I think that requires a lot of intention in terms of how you write, which I think your writing style is very engaging. It's got a It's got a great voice and tone to it, but it also feels like the book, the way that it was designed, I'm only, you know, 45 pages into the book so far. (laughs) It does feel like it was also written with the intention to be able to meet readers in any stage of life, in any stage Mm -hmm. of career. Um, And something that I hope, you know, I'll be able to go back and reference through leadership challenges, relationship challenges, um, thinking bigger. And I, I yeah. just, I really appreciate the size because tiny books, they're, they're hard to pick up and really fall in love with. They just are. No, I get, there's, there's some great tiny books out there and I'm a, I'm a fan of a few. There's, there's a few good tiny books that I'm a fan of. And, uh, but this one just really through, you know, through the research and the intentionality of why I wanted to, to, to share this book with people is it, it needed to be enough that they could, they could work in. In the book, you talk about um, how you choose to be a salt of the earth person and you yeah. get really specific on like these four attributes of salt. I think from my notes, mm-hmm. they're balance, flavor, value, and relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, this might be a huge question, but I'd, I'd love to hear the why behind that. That to me is really compelling. It comes through your past literature as well, not just this new book, Yeah, um, bleeding into business. And this one very much like me focused what what's the the story for you personally about being a salt of the earth person gary so i'll share with you and it's it, there is a biblical perspective in this approach matthew 5:13 jesus shares with his disciples that they are the salt of the earth and the, and the verse goes on but what caught me was salt of the earth that that phrase is 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 a pretty common phrase we hear it all the time with and without the biblical perspective but for whatever reason, it really, it really, I connected to that phrase. And so I really wanted to figure out why was salt of the earth a phrase that Jesus used. And so I started researching salt, just salt of, in of itself around that time. What was the purpose of salt? Why would he even say salt of the earth? And through my research, I, I found that not only back then, but even today, Salt really has several benefits and components and uses of it. So, for example, balance is, is the first component. Salt is, is, is needed in the body. So it, salt helps balance your fluid levels. If you've got too much or too less, then you're off. 
the thing about salt water, it's the balance within within life in of itself. Then there's value. Salt used to be considered a method of payment. In fact, the word salary comes from the word salt. And so there's value. And they used to trade salt. They used to pay people with salt back then. Now, there's also flavor. Salt is such an incredible element because with salt, there are foods that you can taste. Without salt, you can't taste these foods. And so it adds flavor. And in fact, without when you bake, if you don't use salt, then things don't become sweet. And it's incredible what salt meant. And then finally, relationship. Relationship, salt was actually used to bind agreements back in the day. They used to put salt in their hands and they would shake their hands. Or if they were talking about agreement, they would chew on salt. And once they did that, the agreement was done. And that was how they bonded relationships. So I'm thinking this this verse, this simple phrase meant so much. And through my research, I realized I want to be a salt of the earth person, right? Because the colloquial, the common phrase salt of the earth means kind of a good person. When you dig into it, you realize how spectacular that phrase is and what it truly means. So my principles are balance, flavor, value, and relationship because I want to be a salt of the earth person. So that's salt. I mean, I know there's it gets a bad rap, but if you really dig into it, salt is absolutely incredible. Well, my wife always tells me when I cook that I don't put enough salt in the food. And <laughs> for my marriage, salt has definitely done some wonders. And beyond that, I mean, even the Google, you know, search, the first result when you when you type in salt of the earth, I mean, it says a person or group of people of great kindness, reliability, or honesty. And I mean yeah. There it is. I think, there I think there's something so profound yet so simple there. And I, I wanted to hear your story. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Last question for you, Gary. Uh, and I want the show to be yours. So if there's more, let's happily go there. Who Who is the ideal consumer of this book? That's a loaded question. Oh. Um, but, you know, <laughs> as we kind of end the show, who who did you write this for? Like, who who do you want this to get me hands of. You're mm-hmm. going to take this to businesses. Obviously, lots of mm-hmm. people like me are going to lean in, but I'd love to hear from you. I'm sure it's a wide value proposition, but who is the super fantastic me written for? It's a great question. The same question my executive coach asked me when I was initially kind of you know fleshing this out. I, initially, this book was for me and my family. I'll tell you a quick story. Back in July of 2021, my family, we went away for a weekend in family retreat and we created our own core values uh, as a family. And I was like, man, this is a great process. I, I, I want to kind of build on this and share this with people. And so this, you know, ultimately through the research and the help with my wife, my wife was like, without my wife, this book would not exist. So I got to give big kudos to my wife for this. Ultimately, the, the, the audience for this book is for anyone that wants to take their personal development to the next level. And when I say personal development, I, I'm, I'm talking about their relationships. Because when you know who you are, why you are, and how you will do things, you can start adding value to those relationships. And I'll tell you another, just a quick story. When my wife and I first got married, I thought my why was just to work and provide paycheck for the family. 
And that was it. And ultimately that created some big, big burdens on my wife because she was dealing with everything else. But once I started curating my why and understanding I needed to do more, be more, add more value to the relationship, the marriage started getting better. The family started getting better. At the same time, anyone that's in a business and you are simply following the company's core values and you don't have any of your own, ultimately everyone else in that company starts following the company's core values. And guess what? Everyone in that company starts evolving to become the same because they're all following the same core values and they don't ultimately add value to the company by being the unique person with the gifts, skills, and talents that they have to add value to the company's core values. And so anyone that's that hasn't established their word, their principles, or their core values, and they want to take personal and professional relationships to the next level, that's the audience of this book. I, I want to encourage people to establish who they are, why they do things so they have a foundation and how they do things because you can do anything. Any of us can do anything, but it's how you do things that makes you stand out from the crowd. And that makes you add value to your personal relationships and your professional relationships. So I truly, anybody that just simply wants to take who, why, and how they are today and take it to the next level because they've curated it. They've decided they haven't leaned on or been enveloped in social norms to figure out their who, why, and how they have curated it. And they've determined this is who I'm going to be. This is why I'm going to be. And this is how I'm going to do things. I would love to have a team like that. That would just be an incredible team that has established that, curated it, and they're bringing that value to not only the personal, professional relationships, but the company overall. Drop the mic, Gary. That was incredible. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, Thank man, you. I'll, I'll get personal with you, and I'm actually going to ask you one more question now that you opened up family. I I have struggled the past couple of years to separate my professional identity from my home life. And I've found myself standing for work much more than I'm standing for family and mm -hmm. finding the, the best way to find like harmony and connection, more importantly, balance. Balance is the word I'm trying to stand on this year, being intentional, yeah. mm -hmm. saying yes, but also saying no. Um, I'm excited to keep digging through the book because everything you just talked about, I'm definitely at that intersection right now, nine years yeah. into being married, having two kids and a charging career and still wanting yeah. to have my own heartbeat too. Um, yeah. And it's, I guess I'll ask one last question. How have you found the right way to balance, you know, your, your personal directives, your personal brand, you're an incredibly accomplished professional in the workplace, very well-known executive and multifamily, and you're a superhero husband and father. Like, how have you found the right way of saying yes, but saying no to all those different things? Because outside looking in, you're doing it all, man. <laughs> It's, it's a lot of gray hairs that are they're popping up, but I, I'll give you one word in, in its order. And what I mean by that is if you don't have an order in your life, then everything that feels important or urgent will take precedent over the thing over other things. And so for me, I have an order in my life. Number one is my relationship with God. 
Second is my wife, then my kids, and then next is my career. And I keep it in that order. Now, I know if I don't have a good relationship with my wife and my my family, my kids, then everything else is going to suffer. I could be amazing at work. I could just be incredible. But if I have a terrible home life, what's it worth? It, it, It doesn't mean anything. So if you keep things in order, family first and then work, I promise you, if you have a good home life, everything else will work out. So and, and I hate to sound morbid, but I'll just share this quick thing. If 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 I was to pass away tomorrow, then then any company that you work for, probably within a couple of days, there's going to be an ad for your open position. Understandably, I mean, it is what it is. It's it's work. So you give it all in order, and your your marriage and your family is a training ground on how you will do everything outside of that. If you can get your marriage right, if you can get your family life right, you can get your home life right, that's your training ground. Do everything in excellence, family and home and marriage, then that will become what you become outside of family and home. So use your family life in order to be better at work. Order. You give it all in order. Let's end on that. Well, Gary, I would love to roll out the red carpet for you. Um, (laughs) For people who want to get in touch, learn more, connect with your content, you're easy to find on LinkedIn. Any other things you'd want to share in terms of advice to the audience or an ask on how they can get in touch with you or your amazing content? Oh, absolutely. Uh, TheGaryGregory.com. You can find all of my information. You can find this new books available on Amazon. Just type, you can type in Gary Gregory or the super fantastic me and you'll find the book available on Amazon. Um, but yeah, just thank you so much for, for an opportunity to be on your show. Mike, it's always, I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours. So just being able to connect with you and chat with you is, is a big honor. So thank you, sir. Of course, chatting with you always brings me great energy and I'll wish you wild success here in 2023. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> thank you, sir.